Right, welcome to It's the Jacket. I am Dave Demarest. He is Anthony Dottavio. What is up, my friend? What is going on, sir? How's everything? Talking about Sopranos, so things are pretty good, I'd say. And it's a good episode to talk about. Yeah, so we're on Season 2, Episode 9, From Where to Eternity. Uh, what, what, are the, what are the key things that happen in this episode? Well, we see the aftermath of the shooting of Christopher. Uh-huh. Um, most, of it, most of it takes place in the hospital. Uh, we have a couple of side stories yes. as well. Um, within uh, a pregnancy that uh, hits close to home. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, Paulie being Paulie, to, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> I just love Paulie. <laughs> I think I have this in because we talked yesterday about like what, what we were having trouble filling in in our, our uh, sections. And I think I just I think I have something along those lines. And I don't forget about it. Just probably exactly. Poly poly. <laughs> this is just a running theme with him. Yeah. So I think I think you hit the nail on the head. We kind of have like an A, B and a C storyline here. The A storyline being everybody dealing with Christopher recovering at the hospital. And then maybe you could even call this the A a one storyline the search for matthew bevilacqua and then the c storyline is carmella wanting tony to get a vasectomy because she heard this acquaintance of theirs had a a bastard kid exactly one of the uh his guma yeah so it was you know it's kind of one of those side stories that you gotta love the gumas in this you know (laughs) gumas that really take care of their men (laughs) Absolutely. So th- this this was a really good episode. A um, lot of lot of dialogue, but it's l- like a lot of good dialogue, and then we get some action at the end here. Um, yeah, like you said, Paul Paulie has a lot of fun moments in this episode. Uh, I I thought it was also a really strong pussy episode. Yes, it was, and you really see the struggle between him. Yes, yes, and you know he he partakes in some activities that uh, he probably shouldn't be taking part in given his situation, but which we're going to get into a, a little bit more next episode. But yeah, th- this was a, a really good episode in the, in the season. Um, high, not my highest ranked and we'll get into, we'll get to that towards the end. But yeah, I, I, I love this episode a lot and it has a good payoff at the end. So why don't we just get right into it? Talk about That's our favorite scenes. Me. All right, so the first one I have here is uh, Richie outside the hospital. And, you know, I just – the scenes where, you know, the the family gets together outside, even if it's, you know, just to have, like, a quick conversation. I think this was, like, a two-minute scene. This is Richie shows up at the hospital. Nobody really wants him there. Maybe Adriana, but, you know, the guys don't want him there. They say he brings bad energy. But he gives Tony a lead. He says he knows a guy named Quickie G who's a drug dealer and – has a lead on where they could find Matthew. Uh, Tony says, you know, he gives Matt about five days before someone gives him up just to score points with, you know, the top guys in the family. What'd you think about the scene? Uh, I thought it was a good scene. Powerful scene. You see the, you see the, the constant fighting also between Paulie and uh, yes, Paulie and him. Cause they don't, they do not get along. Paulie does not, it rubs Paulie the wrong way, but everybody rubs Paulie the wrong way. <laughs> um, you see that they're just really trying to, to get it. And they even put a little bit of levity in it when, you know, he's like, I, I think I seen him at the Bing or maybe that was fast fatty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like this scene. Uh, it really, like you said, anytime that they're together, it's a really good 
scene together. Like, you know, it's a really good story. It's really good TV. Give me a sit down anytime and I'm, I'm for it. Even though this wasn't a formal sit down, it was just kind of like a, a get together oh. outside the hospital. But it was basically for all intents and purposes. We're going to get down. a lot more sit downs in the next couple of seasons and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So a- any sit down, just spoiler for listeners, I'm, I'm going to put in my favorite scenes. Very nice. What's, what's one you got? Uh, I got um, Skip and uh, Pussy. Oh, okay. This is uh, like mid episode. Yeah. Good scene. Um, I enjoyed this scene because it basically he talks about it and, and like they're talking about the sandwiches and everything. And he's like, I, they know, they know <laughs> I, I, I've changed. They know I did something that, you know, you see his guilt and, you know, Skip goes to him. Hey, listen, it's not them that are different. You're different now. Yeah. That's why you're seeing everything through different eyes. It's not that they know what's going on. You know what's going on. And it's something so trivial, just as like the wrong sandwich order that, you know, because you're, you know, you're doing something, well, I guess not something that you shouldn't be doing, but something you shouldn't be doing if you want to remain in this family and just something like silly, like the wrong sandwich order triggers off things in your brain that you're like, oh shit, like he knows just like the dumbest stuff. And it's just is, like and... a guilty conscience. He's got a very guilty conscience and every little thing that's different to him means that there's a problem. Absolutely. And this is just, and Skip kind of just sums it up perfectly. And I think both of us kind of just uh, ran with it. Yeah. Skip just says you're, you're different now. So you're, you're going to see things a little bit differently. And then he basically says to him, you know, you know, how do I get back in with him? He goes, well, treat him like a girl, treat him like a girl. You're trying to fuck. Yeah, that's in my quotes. I'll say I'll I'll save that one. Okay, but yeah, uh, I thought it was a very good scene. It just shows that uh, I feel like this is the beginning of Pussy's mental break because in the next couple of episodes, it just gets it goes from one extreme to the next to the next. It just keeps going back and forth. Little sidebar on that one. I know you've seen. Uh, we covered Natural Born Killers on our podcast last week. Dollar Theater. Love that movie. One of the great, one of my favorite movies ever. Didn't even realize that one of the guards in the prison is Louis Lombardi, aka Skip. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'll send you a pic. It was just like kind of like a throwaway. Uh, he has like an argument with Tommy Lee Jones in one scene. It was it was a small part, but he plays one of the prison guards. He I'll send plays you a, in a lot of role. Like I've watched a lot of movies, and and you know, see, when going back into the show and watching it, <laughs> you notice that a lot of these people have been in a lot of movies. Yeah, you, maybe we've talked about this movie before. Have you seen Deuces Wild? Yeah, uh, love that movie. That's the one with um, Norman Reedus, right? Yeah, Norman Reedus, Brad Matt Dillon. Yeah. Drea DeMatteo. Yeah, he was in, I think uh, he was like, because Matt Dillon was like the mob boss and Skip was, well, Skip, I call him Skip. I don't remember his name in the movie, but Louis Lombardi was like kind of like his right hand. Yes. Yeah, good. Uh, Stephen Dorff. Yeah, good. Kind of like an uh, under the radar mob flick, but I-, I enjoyed it. What's another scene you got, buddy? I got uh, post-op Chris. Uh, he comes out of his surgery and he meets with uh, Pauly okay. and, and Tony. And he tells them he went to hell. He saw a white light. And he, he said uh, he saw Mikey Palmisi and uh, Brendan Falone and, and their friends now. And they they told Tony and Paulie 3 p.m. And, you know, Tony just 
immediately dismisses this as kind of like just he's on pain meds. He's just like he had a bad dream. And Tony's asking or Paulie's asking all these weird questions like what was Mikey wearing? <laughs> <laughs> just what it, you could tell Tony's just like, are you, are you fucking serious, dude? Just yeah. But I, I love this. I love this scene. Uh, what'd you think of it? I it's such a great scene. You see his struggle. Um, he, he first he's questioning to Tony, "Are you mad at me? I'm so so." Like basically apologizing, and Tony's like, "No, we're just happy you're okay." And then he goes into the the hell and everything, and then it just you see him with the morphine. He's he just keeps pushing the button, and then you know you. Paulie makes a comment. I think he likes his chemistry set a little bit too much. Yeah. But it is just a fantastic scene between the, the three of them. And, you you know, you see the, what's it called? The genuine, like, happiness from Tony that he's okay. Definitely. And this was, uh, this scene kind of live, lives on in meme culture. I, I saw, there was a meme not too long ago. I saw it. It was uh, the quote from this. I'm going to step on my quotes a little bit here, but he goes, that's our hell. It's an Irish bar where it's St. Patrick's Day every day. And the bottom of the meme is just the, the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> so good uh, good one there. What's another scene you have? Um, I have the scene between, um, what's it called? The hospital scene. But with Silvio and Chris's mom, okay. Uh, I thought you know it, it starts out with with Adriana talking and just being so distraught about what's going on, and then you know Silvio trying to make her feel better and saying he's a fighter, and then his mother comes in, uh, which a one and done on this one. Uh, we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. That's in my questions, comments, concerns. Um, but then you know, he basically tells uh he tells him, "I want you to make this guy suffer." He, he goes, "We'll do our best." It was just all around a lot of emotion, and like it was just a beautiful scene. Like the acting in this episode between the, these people, like Adriana, uh, all of them, it, it was just fantastic acting. Like you know, like. I, I believed it was true that he was really gonna die. Like that that's like, you know, how good the acting was in this episode. It's not like they're above killing major characters early, so it wouldn't have been too far fetched for Chris to die in season two or even season one. I think he was supposed to wasn't he supposed to die in season one? That, that was the original plan. I think I re- I think I read that on the internet, but like so many things on the internet, you read like one thing and says this, and then one thing says that's not true, so it, it just kind of goes back and forth. But I, yeah, I, I thought I read something about it, but you know, it could. I think they liked him, so they decided to keep him. But yeah, it could have been a, a Jesse Pinkman type situation. Yeah, he was. Yes, that was another one who was supposed to die in the first season. Right, and then they just they were like, okay, now this guy is killing it. We got to keep him around. So similar, similar dynamics, Chris, Chris to Jesse. What do you think of that scene? Yeah, she, uh, like the the great uh, philosopher Miley Cyrus. Uh, this is the first appearance of Joanne Moltisanti, and she came in like a wrecking ball. Yes, yes, she did. <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll follow up on that later because I, I def- we definitely want to talk about the the act the actor who played her, Nancy Cassaro. Definitely got some uh, thoughts on that. Um, what's another scene you got, buddy? I guess I'm going towards. Oh no no no! I got one before that one. Okay, uh, I got Polly at the psychic. Oh, I had that too. <laughs> oh, it's just just wild, and it's just 
you know, I, I could put it as a nitpick, but I'm just choosing to believe that, like, because this guy was the psychic was just saying we have all these spirits around around you. And he he names the guy, Charles Pagano, who was allegedly Polly's first hit. And then he talks about Mikey, asks him if the poison ivy still itches. So it was like a really weird scene. But like pretty and Polly was freaked out, understandably. Uh, you know, we, we kind of we joke about Polly for being like quirky, but. I I don't really blame him for <laughs> losing his shit here. He ends up leaving the scene, throwing a chair across the room, and everyone's freaked out. It was, I don't blame Paulie for being freaked out here. I probably would be. I have that in my quotes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> because I just love what he says when he throws the chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a wild scene. It, it is crazy because you see Paulie, like, you know, at first thinking it's nothing. And then he starts saying things, and he sees the guy getting affected, and then he comes up to him, and he just starts naming shit. And then when you find out later, and I guess the next scene, I, I used a fake name. I didn't call from my house. I didn't do anything. Yeah. So it was it was just trippy because some of this shit they say is true. I, I, I just, I've never believed in it. It just, you know, it seemed real, though. So I know there's like, there's a lot of, and I, I don't know exactly what they do, but I know there's a lot, like a lot of tricks that they use to like kind of generalize. They throw, they cast a wide net is I think what I'm trying to say, but it's similar concepts to like getting your horoscope. But I mean, this psychic like named names. So it was just, it was, it was a little, it was a little trippy and you know, you know, we, we've, we talked about Polly and how he's kind of like quick to anger, but yeah, in this scene, I don't really blame him. I probably would have been scared shitless as well. I loved it. one of my favorite scenes of the episode. Definitely. What's another one you got? Um, this one hit close to home. Okay. Uh, Tony and AJ. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, good scene. Um, a little backtracking. There was a part of the in the scene, uh, a couple of scenes earlier, where they're talking about the vasectomy and everything. Carmella and Tony. And then he drops something, and then he basically says, "This is what I, you know. This is why I want to get a segment. This is my male heir." <laughs> um, and then the 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 scene that I picked was the one in the bedroom, though. Like you know, you see him come in and apologize, and he's like, he's explaining, like you know, listen, you know, things happen. You know, I I, I hold things in, and then I blow up. I feel like you're the same way. He goes. But I couldn't be prouder than you, prouder of you, or proud to have you as my son, because he brings him in the pizza. At first, he doesn't want to eat it because, you know, his father basically called him a fat fuck the, yeah. a, a couple of scenes <laughs> earlier. But at, as a parent, it, it's so true. Like you know, there are times where where the kids just do things that, like you know, why the hell would you do that? And then you feel terrible after, and you just let them know that you love them because they're the greatest things that ever happened to you. So I, I just felt the genuine love in, in between that. Like you see Carmella smile when she's when he's talking to him and like really reassuring him that how much he loves him. Um, and I think that's when she notices that he's, you know, he may have his faults, but he is a great father. And yeah, there, this was kind of similar to the scene in season one where the two of them are playing Mario Kart together. I love that. It, it, even though, like, that was a nitpick of mine because they, they just started off the race without having to go through settings. <laughs> but um, he really cares about his children. Like, you, you see it. Like, he is a family man. 
Absolutely. Uh, so that kind of segues into my next scene, which is the whole time Carmela is standing there, she has the phone in her hand to give to Tony to tell pussies on the other end. And they have Matthew Bevilacqua. So my next scene is the Matthew Bevilacqua hit. And, you know, true to the end, he's just, you know, a snake. He's trying to blame everything on Sean. And you, you just know in this scene, there's no way he's walking out of this. Um, he's just he's beaten up. He's bloodied. Uh, and one scene, he actually pisses himself. And the, it's just it's such real. a satisfying death. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, because I don't think we wanted to see this guy like suffer or anything. Just we just want him dead and out, out of out of memory. I was, yeah, glad that, I was glad that you saw that he suffered, though. Like, could you see him all beat up and everything? Sure. And I'm and glad I'm sure, he did because he deserved to suffer because he's a, he is a coward. And I'm sure whatever Quickie G and his people did to him was probably rough. And they just, I don't think they did it for any um, remorse for Chris. Maybe do you think they to, did it or you think Tony and, and uh, I think Tony and Pussy did it? You know, that's, that's a good, uh, probably an unanswerable question. The reason I think Tony and everything, because they just told him where he was. They didn't say that they, they did anything or they caught him. They just knew where he was. So that's why I, I, I've i always thought it was Tony and uh, Pussy who just beat the shit out of him first and then started asking him some questions after. Because they're like, I mean, they're not happy, but, you know, Tony's like, Tony's got a smile on his face when he's talking to him at first. He's like, don't you think we could have killed we if if we wanted you dead we, you'd be dead already just and they're kind of like they they seem like even keeled and i don't it, they're not sweating or anything so i think if they had like beat the shit out of them beforehand maybe they'd be sweaty a little out of breath a little disheveled but they look like you know it's they were, one of those questions like you said you you will never know the real answer yeah yeah you could definitely ponder over this forever i know he was obviously captured we see the scene with quickie g and pussy early earlier where he tells him where he's at and it's yeah, like it was with you just reiterated what I said, unanswerable. We don't know. Could have been either one of them. Very uh, good scene. Yeah, what's the next one you got? Uh, I got two more. Okay. I'm, I'm, I have a feeling one of yours is the last one I have. Okay. Uh, the um, one I have, so then I will save it because if you're going to use it, I'll, I know this one you're not going to use. Tony and Dr. Melfi. Good guess. <laughs> You, is that the one you have? I don't. No, no. So go ahead. Okay, good. See, I'm, I'm awesome sometimes. <laughs> um, I, you really see, oh, shit. I just came up with another, don't forget about it, just because of this. Okay, cool. You're going to have to carry me on that one then. Okay. Um, the whole scene, Tony's, you know, trying to say, you know, he, he's, you can see how visibly upset he is because he cares about this kid. And he's trying to explain that he's not going to go to hell because he's a soldier. Mm -hmm. You know, hell is for the the rapist and everything. Now, I've had conversations with people about this. Um, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with the serial killer, the ice, the Iceman. I, I feel like it rings a bell. His name is Richard Kuklinski. He was a hitman for the for the mob. Back yes, the yes, I remember that documentary I, I watched a million years ago. Now. When I've talked to people about this, I don't think he's a bad guy. Well, he's a bad guy, but sure. I don't think that it's what's it called. He's doing a job and it, it's yeah. like, you know, there's certain rules to it. He's a soldier just like, and that's what Tony's basically explaining. 
you know, we're soldiers. We're do, you know, we're we're doing we're doing the dirty work that nobody wanted to do. You know, when we first came to this country, they forced us to build their bridges and and make their roads. And we were just living, you know, while everybody else was getting rich. So we decided we wanted our piece of the American dream. So that's basically how La Costa Nostra started. Um, and he gets into that. So he goes, we're soldiers and everything. And then she just makes a stand. And you see, you know, him getting like, you know, like, what the fuck? Yeah. So it was a very powerful scene where she takes a stand. And like, and he made a good point. Yeah, everything is not. You tell me everything is not my fault. It's bad parenting and bad choicing and and not having the choices. Now you're telling me you you you're full of shit and you didn't mean any of that. So she picked a, a time to take a stand at his worst. Yeah, and they're de- they're definitely having like a debate here. They're ideo- ideologically totally different people, and we've seen we've seen scenes with Dr. Melfi with her family at dinner, and you know, they kind of stick their noses up at the Tonys of the world because they think that at them as Italians, everyone thinks of them as Sopranos because of what the Tonys and Paulies and Silvios of the world do. So they're, they're kind of having a little like heated debate here in this scene. And I, I thought this was a good scene as well. And the last one I have, which I maybe is the last one you have, we'll see. Uh, I Tony and Pussy at dinner, right? After yes, that's the, I had the, that was the last one I had, so I that's why I saved it for you because I figured that was the one you had because the Tony and Dr. Melfi one I skipped over. <laughs> so this is you know this is a quick scene. They're they're grabbing some beers and some steaks after uh, after kill, killing of someone, and they're they're reminiscing. And uh, Tony asks them in the scene if uh, Puss believes in God. And Pussy says, yes, God's been very good to him. Uh, even though things aren't <laughs> outside of this night, things aren't really going too well for Pussy. Yeah, God's being really good to me. I'm about to go to jail for doing pushing heroin uh, <laughs> from from back in 96. But I'm going to get to relocate and then rat you guys all out. So things are great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I love that. Uh, Jesus. Christ. I always watch that 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 scene. And I want that steak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that looks like a good steak. I'd like. I'd, I'd probably like to just like go out there and have some steaks and beers, you know, without killing someone beforehand as like our pregame. I don't want. Yeah, well, we could pop our cherry and we'll kill somebody and then you just go get a steak because that's what you apparently <laughs> what you do. <laughs> All right, I think that's it for me on scenes. Did you have any more? No, that was that was my last one. Yeah, I think that was like towards the end of the episode anyway. So yeah, good uh, good stuff there. Best quotes, I think I have, uh, yeah, I think I got five. Uh, the first one I have is when, uh, between Tony and Carmela, Carmela is telling her about, you know, their acquaintance who uh, knock, knocked somebody else that wasn't his wife. Um, and they're talking about, I guess, Irina. And Tony says he bro- broke it off with her. But he, he goes, uh, hey, I had her tested for AIDS. What do you think I am? <laughs> And I, I, I was like, just wait like, wait a minute. <laughs> so let me have an affair, but as long as I get her tested for AIDS, it's not really bad. That's a great and, idea. That's... And it's just, I, you know, sometimes Carmela just seems to like want to pick a fight. And in this case, I'm like, Tony, seriously, man? <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't beat the shit out of him for that. Like, if she just <laughs> walked away with the pillow. If somebody would have said, if my, if somebody said, hey, 
I had that person test for AIDS before I fucked him. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's all good. Let's go to bed. Yeah, yeah. We're fine. Yeah. Just just all time dumb dumb thing to say. What's one you have? Um, I got the one uh what's it called in the the hospital with Paul. He goes, Was it hot? And Christopher goes, Yeah, I don't know. What the fuck? He goes, That was the first thing you realize thing you noticed, hell is hot. It's never ever been disputed. He goes, you didn't go to hell. You went to purgatory. <laughs> and I think, uh, yeah, his, uh, I, I, I question Paulie's logic. And I guess this, I could just say this now, maybe. Um, so Paulie's reasoning, when you're in purgatory, you multiply your mortal sins by 50 and your venial sins by 25. And that's the amount of years you'll be in purgatory for. And he said, I'll be in purgatory for about 6,000 years. He's like, in eternity terms, that's nothing. I could do that standing up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think he was maybe spending too much time on the internet before the internet really was a thing. Wait a minute. So I only have to spend 6,000 years in purgatory? This is great. <laughs> he was definitely on like the AOL chat rooms. <laughs> I, I think he was on one of the, he created the chat room. How long is the purgatory sentence? <laughs> He was typing in at like an Alta Vista search because this was like 2001. Uh, WWW Purgatory. <laughs> What's another scene you got? Oh, uh, oh sorry. No, no, it's fine. Uh, the from the uh, the Doctor Melfi scene, I, I you know I didn't have that scene in my favorite scenes, but he goes, uh, Tony goes, we're soldiers. Soldiers don't go to hell. I, I did I did enjoy like the dialogue between the two of them. I probably should have put that scene as well, but that was a good quote from Tony. Oh, definitely. Um, because he feels they're soldiers, and that's that's what he soldiers don't do wrong. Yep. Uh, what's another one you got? Um, I'm gonna go into this one. Um, when Paulie throws a chaser, screams, "Fucking queers!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm can... like. But why are they queer? Like, what, yeah, is I, that? what, what makes them a queer? Just, just seems like, I don't know, the first word that came to his mind. <laughs> and he just launched a chair and then go, yeah, you should go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy's really calm. I, he was blind. Is that right? The psychic? No. Okay. Look, he kind of like. He was just look looking like he... up in the air because that's where the spirits were. Oh, okay. Well, here this whole time for the last 20 years, I thought he was blind. <laughs> Um, next one I got here is uh, Skip, and you, you alluded to this, and when we're talking about the scenes, and he's like, he's giving pussy advice, and he goes, "Do what you do to a girl you want to fuck, make him love you." Good, good skip, good skip in this scene, and I think that was the only scene he was in. But yeah, good. Uh, you know, he's very underrated, and, and every scene he's in, he's pretty pretty much brings it. Yeah, I think I got one more. What do you got? I got two more. All right. So we'll um. I'm going to go to... I might steal your quote right now. Fair enough. Uh, he go When Tony's like, you finished? He goes, yeah. He goes, that sugarless motherfucker is the <laughs> last thing you'll ever drink. <laughs> yeah. And, that and was... then he just shoots him. And, and, and then peace goes into my heart. <laughs> what would happen with Wabistics after Devilacqua died? I don't know. They stopped with it. Well, actually... We'll talk about that later because at the end of the season we see what happens to Abistics. Okay, shit. Yeah, I think you're right. Now that kind of like rang a bell in my head. Hey, listen, that's what we're here for. We're here to help each other out. Uh, what's <laughs> so, the last uh, quote you got? So I got 
the scenes with between Polly and Michelle, she's trying to like, gen- like Paul Tony's kind of mean to him, just tells him like basically you're an idiot in not those words, but basically he's like I don't believe in any of this shit. <laughs> she kind of tried to let him down easily, and he goes, "Science said he was dead. Science." <laughs> Sure, Polly. <laughs> so he really believes that, you know, Chris ran into Mikey and Mikey's got this message for him from hell. Well, he basically tells him that, you know, you, you know, you, you whacked a bunch of heavy hitters and you think they're all taking advice from Mikey Palmy. That's that's a good point. <laughs> what's your what's your final quote here? Uh, my final one is the joke. Okay. Um, the joke that he tells, um, what's it called? Cause I thought I, I love this joke growing up. Like this was always one of, I, I've used it. I still use it to this day. Um, he goes, a rich man and a poor man meet up for their, and it's their anniversaries. Um, poor guy goes to the rich guy. Where'd you get your wife? He goes, well, I got her a diamond ring and the Mercedes. He goes, why'd you get a both? And the rich guy says, well, if she doesn't like the ring, she could drive it back at her Mercedes. He goes, the rich guy to the poor guy, where'd you get your wife? He goes, well, I got her a pair of slippers and a dildo. <laughs> he goes, why'd you get her those? Because if she don't like the slippers, she can go fuck herself. <laughs> yeah. Good, I uh, always liked that joke so much. It's, it's funny, yeah. It was, And it was delivered well. You know, in the wrong hands. You know, if I was telling that joke, I'd probably fuck up a line somewhere. But he, yeah, it, it appears like Tony's dropped that joke many times because he's flawless delivery on it. It was very fluent. Very fluent. But that's all I got for quotes. What about you? I'm done. Yeah. So we'll segue into Don't Forget About It, which is your category this week because I had nothing good. Um, I have a feeling you're going to tell me yours and I'm going to be like, I'm an idiot. I should have thought of that. Uh, The first one um, I have. Hold on. I'll go with my shitty one first. And that was the one I had before this, which was Paulie just staring at statues because you're going to see that again in a few seasons. Okay. Now, yep. Got it. Uh, and the other one, after we started talking about scenes, I realized Dr. Melfi's uh, deterioration into alcoholism. Okay. All right. Yeah. Probably both of those. Like, uh, good, good catches there. But yeah, I didn't, re- like I said, I didn't realize the Dr. Melfi one until we got into it because I talked about that scene and then I remembered the other scene with her and her therapist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Sometimes we were watching the episodes and something immediately was like, okay, yeah, that's going to be something to piggyback on. Or like today I text, I texted you and I was like, yeah, yeah, I got a nitpick just like randomly just popping in my head during the middle of the day. You know, sometimes you just, there's nothing there. So, and you don't force it. Uh, do you have any? Uh, don't forget about it. That was it. Yeah, yeah. You you kind of carried that one. So all right. Thank thank you for saving me there. No problem. I'll lead off on nitpicks then. So we have this um, angle with Polly and this this girlfriend. Michelle. I have the same thing. Okay, cool. So yeah, we could talk about it. I mean, and this Who is my friend of ours. Why? Like you know, like Uncle Polly, Uncle Polly, and then all of a sudden, like you never see her again. It's like you never heard about her before. Yeah, yeah, no backstory, no leading up to this. He's like, you know, he's playing dad, essentially. And we never see this girl again. There's no breakup. Which is, it's like a Judy Winslow from Family Matters situation. Like, she just, she, she walked downstairs and we never saw her again. Uh, I have uh, two more. And I have okay. a reverse nitpick, a happy nitpick. 
All right. Um, the first one is, what snack bar doesn't have regular soda? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They only had diet everything, so it yeah, was kind of yeah. like, really? You don't have a regular soda? In a, it looked like a nice snack bar, too. And it, it was probably warm, too, because it, was, it wasn't in the refrigerator or anything. I don't know what the weather was like. But they were oh, just, it looked a little cold. They were wearing jackets. There was a jacket. The jacket. <laughs> but yeah, tough. You're, you're drinking a sugar-free soda. You know, just tough, tough way to go out for Maddie. Uh, and the other one, the reverse nitpick was finally they killed somebody in a remote area that's actually in a good good spot. Well, maybe not because was well, we, yeah. We'll... You know what? I thought about that after because I watched, I I started watching the next episode. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. So you would you would think maybe they should have just killed him in broad daylight. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get caught in broad daylight when they're careful in the dark. That's when there's a problem. Yeah. I had one more, and it was the scene with um, Quickie G and Pussy. And this this guy looks like he's like you know nineteen twenty years old, and he's talking to he and it, it was like he's talking to pussy like he's nobody. Oh yeah, he asked when he asked for Tony first, and then he asked for Silvio. Yeah, yeah, he he basically went up the he. I mean, I guess he knows the hierarchy, but he and he was like, oh man, I got this guy who can't really do anything for me, and then he asked him for twenty dollars, and we, he doesn't even ask. He just he's like twenty bucks, baby, yeah. and you know. We see Pussy all the time, and he's interacting with, you know, Tony, and he's interacting with his family. But, like, to the outside world, like, this is, like, a really powerful guy who's to be respected. And this guy just talked to him like he was nobody. And we – this is also a character we never see again. So, yeah, it was just – no, I didn't really think it was bad, but I was I watched this again, and I was like, who is this guy to talk to this guy like this? And, you know, all right, that was it for me. Friends of ours, I have a feeling we definitely have the same one. I don't know if you went past me, but I only have one. Was, I only uh, have one also. Yeah, it's Judy Reyes. Yeah, uh, Scrubs. I, yeah, I think we're both fans of Scrubs, and we like Carla, and she was on the whole series. She also had a little arc on Oz. So those are the two things that I remember her from. And then I th- don't even know if th- the first time I saw this, I even – no, okay, yeah, yeah, I watched Scrubs after Sopranos, so it, it was wasn't until rewatches that I even noticed this character again. Well, you just destroyed my trivia question. Okay, I'm so... <laughs> all right. So we're we're you know we're botching each other up today. It's fine. no, it's all good. <laughs> I, I was I got one more. Qu- I got two questions because I had to make up for last week's debacle. Okay. Oh, you haven't stolen. You haven't stolen my trivia yet, so. Maybe in questions, comments, concerns, which we're about to lead to. Okay. Uh, we, we talked about Joanne Moltisante. This is Nancy Cassaro. This is her, yes, yeah. Her only is her only appearance as Christopher's mom. It would lead way. We get a little uh, Aunt Viv situation here. Yeah, yeah. like I, I and I thought she, I liked her better than the, <laughs> excuse me, the mom that you see later in the, in the series. Yeah, because she comes in like guns blazing. She's like, I want this motherfucker in agony. The the actor who winds up playing Chris's mom later in the series is more like moot. And she's like even keeled. She does, she's not really aggressive. Kind of like, you know, the scene in Goodfellas where they're talking about where they have the scene with like all the mobsters wives and they're all like getting their hair done and just like exactly be, being kind of simpletons. This is Chris's mom part two. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, I would I don't know if 
behind the scenes what happened, why this actor didn't uh, continue with this role, if there was something they didn't like her, or they wanted to go in a different direction. But yeah, with two completely different people that they went with Chris's mom for the I, the first I, yeah, appearance. It first. was very weird. Yeah. Uh, what's, do you have any of these? Uh, I got two. Okay. Um, the first one I got was, what was the bullet budget in that final scene? <laughs> like they just kept shooting like you know he was dead after the first like you see he's dead after the first shot so let's just keep shooting let's waste yeah, all yeah. these bullets yeah and maybe that's what made all the noise that led to something we're gonna see next episode and then with all the food that Tony eats why the fuck would he order a tomato and what's it El hero <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't sound very appetizing Actually, I, I'm not going to lie. I've eaten that, too. I eat that every once in a while. So, you know, the Italian, it's actually, if it's good fresh mozzarella, it's good. A fresh mozzarella, I, I could do. Sure. But My second one here. You have any more questions or comments? Yeah, I got one. Uh, just the, this was the first episode written by Michael Imperioli. He writes a few throughout the series. Yeah, the series. five. But the, yeah, he writes five throughout the, the series run. But this was the first Great so, episode. Yeah, Fantastic. yeah, definitely. Did a good job. All right. Uh, trivia. You want to go first before I completely steal your shit? That's fine. I'll, I'll right. go first. Uh, the first one I, I had that you stole was what Judy Reyes was an arc on uh, another HBO show. You got that already. Okay, six feet um, under, right? What is the last drink that Matt drank? Um, It was, shit, it was an orange soda. Nope, it was a Diet Coke. It was Diet Coke? Yeah, remember he, you know, he did, that's all they had. It was a silver can of Diet Coke. Okay. I I, I've, I knew it was like sugarless. I, I didn't know if it was like a Diet Orange Soda. Okay. All right, good catch there. So to piggyback, my question is also Matthew themed, but not Matthew, but the actor who plays okay. Matthew, Lilo Brincato, who, you know, we, we know he had some legal troubles in the shortly after his appearance on Sopranos, but he was in a lot of things in the nineties. So I'm going to give you a list of nineties movies that he was in. One of these, he was not in. And the first one, uh, you should be able to cross one off right away. Mm -hmm. So we got a Bronx tale, Mm -hmm. Renaissance man, Mm -hmm. crimson tide Mm -hmm. sleepers or enemy of the state. He was in all of those except for one. Sleepers, yeah, you got it. <laughs> nice job. I, uh, I I've seen him in Renaissance Man. I've seen him in Crimson Tide. I love Renaissance Man, by the way. Oh yeah, great, great movie. Great DeVito movie. Was that the first uh, Mark Wahlberg? I think it. In, no, isn't uh, Fear before that? No, no. This was uh, Fear was like ninety six. I believe this was ninety five or ninety four. What about right. Basketball Diaries? Uh, 90, uh, Basketball Diaries was 95. Yeah, right. I'm on the IMDb now. Renaissance Man was 94. And let me, uh, some professional podcasting. You know, I, people love listening to us look up stuff. Hey, <laughs> it's just real life, people live with it. Uh, yeah, so let's say, uh, da, 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 da. he was in a TV movie called The Substitute. I somehow that missed my radar in 93. Oh and, man, that's uh, that, that must have been a great movie. So first non-TV movie was Renaissance Man, 94, and then oh. Basketball Diaries was 95, and then Fear was 96. Okay, he had a good good run there. So we're we're doing Fear on our podcast in a couple weeks, so I'm looking oh. forward to that one. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. Good movie. Well, yeah. 
it's been it's been a minute, so I can't. I can't, I I know I liked it twenty years ago, so we'll oh, we'll see if it's it's a decent cast too. William Peterson and Renee uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Reese Amy Brenneman, Melissa yeah. Milano. All right, uh, awards time. Uh, who's your MVP of this episode? Uh, I went low hanging fruit. I had to on this one. Tony, he was the hands down favorite throughout the whole episode. Oh, okay. All right. I went in a different direction here and I went up. I went with Paulie. Okay. I just, I for was the co- thinking Paulie, but I just thought Tony was, had a lot of d- different scenes where he was, and then the scene with his son that really, that really swayed it to. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I can't argue with, I can't argue with that. It was a good, good, good episode for both these characters. Really strong. How many boxes is Edie? I went a little lower this week than the previous week. I think I gave it a nine. This one I went with an eight and a half. Uh, see, now I went with a nine. Okay. So you're still there. Yeah. You know, these are very good ratings, but we, we grade the show on an elite curve. So it's, you know, eight, eight and a half is pretty good. If I rated a movie in eight and a half, that would be, I really loved it. So I don't think we've, I don't, maybe I went a seven in season one or we want like six and a half. Let's not bring it up again. We know what it's <laughs> gonna get. We know who it is, right? We said we'll never mention that man's name again. <laughs> Massive genius. I think he pulled his music. Oh! From I read. I read that he pulled his music from Spotify. I, I don't know if there's. Did any he really? That's terrible. <laughs> I really wanted his catalog. I really needed it. Uh, what's something good you watched this week? Uh, I watched the, the recent episode of Peacemaker. Okay. So good. I'm really digging the show. I, I like I said, I still have not skipped an intro once. No, no, miss me with that skip intro button. Yeah, I don't need that shit. Um, <laughs> it's it's turning out to be really good, and I like the arc of his character, the way it's going. Uh huh. You know, people hate on him. John Cena is not bad. <laughs> like, no, he's really talented. He's got some. He's got some really good. Acting, you know, it's it's a comic book, so it kind of helps itself with the story. But he's doing like you know, he's making you feel for him being a douchebag, like he's a racist douchebag, and I feel for him when he understands the assignment. He's so good, like he's this abnormally jacked guy who's like can be really funny. And I I think I've loved him in every role except for one. And that was when he showed up in the Fast and Furious franchise, trying to be like super serious and like hard. And it didn't work. But in like everything he's been like funny in, like this show and uh, Sisters, where he played the drug dealer. My favorite movie so far with him, um, because he had the first movies that he came out with, The Marine and 12 Rounds. And I wasn't a big fan. Nah. but Blockers is one of my favorite movies. Blockers was funny. I like Blockers. And he's just like, you know, he plays a dad. And he was also very funny in Trainwreck. Oh, that, he, I think he was in like one or two scenes and he was hilarious. He stole those scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's real. He's he has really good comedic timing. And I just hope he does like more roles like this, you know, and he's under the tutelage of James Gunn in this show. So and James and he, Gunn is great, and James Gunn is a big fan of him. So, yeah, um, I don't know if this is a limited series. I I can't get any, no. They're already setting up. I think a season two. All right, I'm I'm here. I'm here for all of it. So, really good show. I'm enjoying Peacemaker. Um, 
Uh, what's up? And I started a rewatch of Dexter again. From the beginning? Yeah, I'm a glutton for punishment. No, that's a that's a heavy lift. Kudos. I, I just yeah, I, I'm already just about at the end of season one. Okay, I'm looking at my. I've got the tournament bracket in front of me. I think that'll be up uh, next week. I'm hoping it does well. Yeah, yeah, it should should uh should move up a couple of rounds. Uh, yeah, Dexter, eight seasons. Eight seasons. Well, nine. Okay. Oh, you're gonna do the full. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do the whole thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see hopefully. Hopefully, I can get through the like season six, seven, and eight. <laughs> <laughs> you doing this on your own, or your, your wife in it with you? No, just me. Okay, all right. So, th- th- I, how long do you think this will take? With my uh, with my prowess, I'm going to say by tomorrow it'll be done. Tomorrow, okay. I I don't think. <laughs> what about you? What some good things you watched? <laughs> uh so yeah, I watched the third episode of Pam and Tommy. How is it? It's, 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 uh, let me phrase this right. It's good. Um, it's not great. I did not know any, I'm watching it because I didn't know. I, I knew Pam and Tommy had a sex tape and that's all I knew. And I've never even seen this sex tape. I'm not even lying. <laughs> I've you never know? seen that sex tape either. No. Wink. And I, I and I'll Wink. just say right here, I've seen the Paris Hilton sex tape. I've seen the Kim Kardashian sex tape because they were like easily accessible. And I think this is probably easily accessible now too, but I, I've just never seen it. I know it's long and I know it's not like a straight sex tape. It's just kind of like them on their honeymoon. And then they happen to have sex several times, but yes. I've never seen the sex tape. I didn't know the origins of it. And it's just, it's really good. It gives you kind of like perspectives from like all these other characters we see. Um, Pamela Anderson, she's on the set of Baywatch and she wants to be taken more seriously as an actress. And you could tell the people around her don't really. And this was kind of, uh, this took place at a time where Motley Crue had disbanded. And we see kind of Tommy Lee dealing with, you know, what what's next. And we exactly. see Seth, Rogen, Seth Rogen's character, who's kind of just a nobody carpenter getting pushed around by Tommy Lee in the beginning. And this kind of leads to him doing what he does nick offerman's in the show too from parks and rec and a million other things he's really good uh andrew dice clay showed up in this in the third episode as a mobster so anytime we get the dice man and anything uh, um i'm for it is there a, a is there a talking penis there is a uh, voice <laughs> so yeah we do get a full frontal of uh the winter soldier <laughs> okay and his, his dick is talking and it's voiced by Jason Manzukis And it was, you know, so you, funny, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get if you can get past that, if that doesn't make you uncomfortable, I watch Euphoria every week. So if I see 10 dicks, it's like a light week. <laughs> oh so, but yeah, none, none of those dicks talk, though. But this this one was voiced by a, a really talented actor. So it was funny. It's always good when your dick talks. <laughs> and also just before we recorded, I, I I hit you up. I think we delayed recording because I, I was like, I have to finish Boba Fett. And I so I just um this was episode seven, the penultimate. And holy shit. The 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 show started off slow. A lot of people were shitting on it, and then when it just became like Mandalorian season two point five, it just I'm just gonna I might have to watch this again after I finish editing this episode because it was just so good. It was action beginning to end. We got some heavy baby Yoda in here. Just... I didn't get to watch the first I have I, I couldn't get to the first episode. I, I really didn't it was very slow in the second episode. 
I got to get back into it because everybody's saying now that after you get through those first few episodes, it just goes crazy. I think to compare it to something, it was, it was kind of like the beginning of WandaVision, whereas like you watch those first two episodes and you're like, what, what is this? I'm going to stick with it. And then they just kind of like put their foot on the gas real fast. And okay. I'll, I'll give it another try. I'll start from the beginning again. Yeah. So really good. And yeah, next week's the last one. And then they announced the date for Obi-Wan, which is May 25th. And really? That's the, yeah. That that's, I'm excited for. Yeah. So we, a lot of good Star Wars content. So yeah, I think the next thing from there, I kind of just, like what's next from Marvel? What's next from Star Wars? I think Moon Knight is next month, and then Obi Wan will be after that. I don't know if I'm missing anything in between there. There's uh, the 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 multiverse is coming out soon too. Yeah, like yeah. That. So yeah, a lot of content from a lot of nerd content coming out. So I'm I'm ready for it. My friend, where's some place people could follow you? Uh, you can follow me at uh, Twinkie730 and Instagram, or you can follow me and my friends playing some video games at Arcade Wars, uh, Arcade underscore Wars on Instagram. Uh, we have competitions and uh, play some good games and talk a lot of shit. I, I followed I followed your, uh, your competition over the weekend. It looked like uh, a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. What about you, Dave? You could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DDEM2000. We also have uh, an Instagram for the show. It's at It's the Jacket Pod. Follow us on there. We'd love to talk to you. Also, if you want to talk about Sopranos or any of the shows we mentioned or any of the shows we didn't mention with myself, Anthony, a bunch of other great people, you can join the Movie and Television Talk Facebook group. Just type that in to a group search. We are the red cover photo. Uh, what is next week's episode, sir? I believe it's called Bust Out. Yeah, yeah, good, good one. I watch. Yeah, I think you watched it yesterday. So did I. I I watched a little bit of it today too. Uh, okay. Uh, it's a little tough. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, you know, we're we're heading towards the finish line of season two, and they're, they're, we're gonna have some uh big moments and some big moments next week too. Oh yes. All right. As always, my friend, it was good talking to you. Pleasure, buddy. All right. And thank you for listening. And we will see you all next week. Take care, everybody. Bye, everybody.